I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi family, thank you for tuning in all around the world to this week's what's going to be just an amazing episode of Live Your Best Life with, of course, Mila's Right. And in today's beautiful, powerful conversation, I have uh, my very special guest, my friend joining me for this conversation is somebody who just genuinely loves Jesus with all her heart. She is absolutely surrendered to him just a woman of such purity and gentleness and love. And uh, yeah, like I said, just who absolutely is in love with God, absolutely is in love with Jesus. So it's it, she's an author of an incredible book that you are about to hear about. She is the overseer of Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Reading, in California, which I absolutely love. It's my joy to welcome into the conversation with me today, the one and only Haley Braun. Haley, welcome. Hi, Liz. So good to be with you. It's so good to be with you too. Thank you for coming on. So your book, which I have had the privilege of being able to write an endorsement for, so I've already read it, is like I said in the endorsement, and I really genuinely mean it. I do think it's one of the most important books right now. And uh, it's so empowering. So can we start there? Will you talk to us about a little bit about the backstory? It's called Surrender to Holy Spirit, right? Yes. So how, how, did you, how did you come about? Tell us a bit of the backstory. How did you come about writing the book? Yeah. So um, three and a half years ago, I had a very powerful and profound encounter with the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm already yeah. fighting uh, back emotions. Um, I was, I've been saved since I was three years old. I've loved the Lord. I haven't had a prodigal season or anything like that. I was ministering in our school of ministry, uh, leading. and um, But I was in a season where I was quite burnt out from really battling the fear of man, this, this trying to keep everybody happy, almost thinking good leadership was that everybody, you know, would be happy. And Jesus had perfect leadership and not everyone was happy there. So, uh, but, <laughs> but just feeling like I was really uh, constantly restraining myself, but actually really restraining the authority and the truth, I think trying to make it softer often and um I could just I was just at a point I was at the end of my rope I, I got a prophetic word from Michael Kulianos about uh the fear of man dying in my life and it didn't actually happen in that moment but it was three and three and a bit months later that um I'd started stewarding this word <clears throat> excuse me I'd started stewarding this word and um it I could feel I'd received seed in the word Michael gave me and it was like I was stewarding the seed that the Lord had given me and uh three and a half months the later, the Holy Spirit hit me. And I mean, hit me. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't uh, put together. I shook violently under the power of God for six weeks. And I was completely hidden in his heart and would think the thoughts of the Lord often in the, in where the presence of God was when people, when we're worshiping, it was like, I'd be hidden in this whirlwind of the thoughts of God over people 
But the biggest thing for me that I walked away from in that moment was the reality of the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, yeah, this, you know, this book started stirring me and people started giving me prophetic words. And um, I just said to the Lord, I don't want to write a book to write a book. I want to write a book. If you're writing a book, if this is just something precious for you and me, I want to keep it that way. Um, and I asked the Lord to confirm it. And he really did. And um, I really believe that this book, we called it surrendered to the Holy Spirit, because I believe surrender is one of the greatest keys. It was the greatest key for me to receive the encounter that I had, that I had to yield my shield of the fear of man, which was the process of the three and a half months before the encounter, which was yielding my shield of the fear of man to receive God as my shield. And as I spoke that over myself nearly every day for three and a half months, the Lord met me and uh, didn't just declare over me that he was my shield. He revealed to me what it was to have God as my shield. And I mean, it's fundamentally changed everything in my life, but uh, more than anything, I've fallen in love with the person of the Holy Spirit and recognize that the Christian life is really it's really dull. It's really powerless without his presence moving through our lives. And he is really necessary and he's really available, completely available for all of us who believe. It's just profound. There's so many things that you just said that I wanted to, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to ask you about that and about that. Okay. But the first thing I want to ask you about is there is a lot of confusion in the body of Christ that I'm aware of where people are just unsure about how to have a relationship with Holy Spirit, who Holy Spirit is in the Godhead. Who is he to you? How have you, who have you discovered him to be? Yeah, he is the he is the power in the Christian life. Yeah. And I think what's really important is that we don't separate or um make a hierarchy that the Bible doesn't make in the Godhead. I think many times the Holy Spirit has been almost seen like an extra maybe like a greater version of an angel or something, which is just not the truth and really grieving. He is the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus. The, the Bible says both the spirit of God and the spirit of Jesus. And Jesus says to his disciples, it is better that I should go for I will send another. The disciples must have thought, how is it better that you would go anywhere? But Jesus understood that his assignment clothed fully God who took on flesh so that he could walk uh, and be, be the sacrifice for our sin. He recognized that the season of the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension was about to accomplish the greatest victory for, for all of heaven and for all of humanity. But humanity needed to be empowered with himself as the disciples had walked with Jesus. And so the spirit of the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Jesus, has been given to us so that we can walk out that which Jesus has accomplished, not just uh, trying to shout to God in the heaven some way, but actually have intimacy and closeness as he reveals the nature of the Father, the thoughts of God. That's First Corinthians 2. As he brings to remembrance what Jesus taught us. John 14, 15, and 16 is one of the most powerful passages because Jesus is teaching us about the Holy Spirit. And um, so the Holy Spirit is everything to me. He is my helper. He is my comforter. He is my, he is my, the power that I walk in. He is my strength. He is Emmanuel, God with me. He is the one that brings to remembrance that which Jesus has taught. He is the one that brings revelation in the word so that it's not just, you know, one dimensional, but actually I experience the truth in, in an experiential way. 
I could go, I mean, I could go on and on. He is wisdom, revelation, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. And those are the things that keep us safe and connected to who God is and keeps the Bible um, alive. The Bible Mm -hmm. is living and active. And he is the one that makes that not just a good story. He keeps it alive in our hearts that it can feed us as daily bread. Um, And that Jesus remains at wellspring. He always leads us to Jesus. He loves to glorify Jesus. And uh, I I need Jesus glorified in my life. So I need the work of the spirit. Just powerful, profound, Haley. And he became your shield in that experience. Talk to us about that and about getting free through Holy Spirit, becoming your shield. That's profound. Yeah. Um, John 15 says that if we remain in God and he remains in us, we will bear much fruit. I think a lot of times we focus on the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is a vital part of the Christian life. But I don't think we always realize that that infilling enables us to abide in God. As God abides in us, it allows us to hide in him in, um, sorry, in Acts 17, it says, in him we live and move and have our being. Proverbs says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. Second Corinthians 5, 17, for those who are in Christ. Colossians 3, I could go on and on. There's so much conversation about remaining in the Lord. And I, I think that it's such a vital thing that we recognize that you know, the Holy Spirit, if we want God to be our shield, he hides us in the Lord, in the cleft of the rock. Who is the rock? It's Jesus. Jesus, the all-powerful, almighty, victorious king who is seated alone in glory. No one beside him. No no power, no principality, no assignment on your life, no generational nothing. Nothing sits in alignment in the same vein as Jesus, seated alone in glory. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we can begin to live in the God life, be hidden in God. And that's what happened was the Holy Spirit um, wrapped me up in his presence and he hid me in the Lord. And he said, this is how you're shielded. Is that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by me who will hide you in the Father. And the Father is the greatest protection that we could ever have. Just beautiful. I can feel his presence while you're speaking. I can actually feel the compassion of the Lord. It's like, what happened to you where you were completely set free from the fear of man Mm -hmm. and through him becoming your shield? Like the fear of man no longer was that shield, as you say in your book, but actually he became your shield. I can actually feel him wanting to to do that, to pr- to bring this level of healing into other people's hearts today as well, because so many of us, probably yeah. all of us at some point in our life, right, have se- has seasons of chronic fear of man in varying degrees. And I really, really feel that that's what the Lord wants to do. But I'd, and I'd love to ask you to pray into that in a minute, but I wanted to ask you, when so so obviously your life has completely changed since you had that experience completely and you are free in this area now and you know holy spirit like you said and you're in love with him and he's taken possession of you and has been teaching you how to yield and walk within this way how do you 
walk? What does this look like for you to have relationships? So for people who are struggling, it's like, I want this in my life. I need the power. I want to be on fire again. How how do you posture your heart and walk this way? Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to sound simple, but simple isn't always easy. Right. And I think that's something that we really have to overcome as people is that there's a lot of things that are simple truths, but they're not always easy. And it takes actually surrender. Yeah. Surrender is and there's a part of us as people that we always want to fight. We want to try. We want to strive because we want to participate. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. So long as our participation is with God leading and not me leading. And the truth is that I got to the end of my rope where I could no longer participate in the fight against the fear of man. I had got, you know, it says in our weakness, his power is made perfect. I think partly the reason why his, I mean, how can God's power be more perfect? Like it is already perfect, but God says in your weakness is the place that my power is best. That is where, and I think it's because in our weakness, our weakness cannot exalt itself. It has no ability to strive. We, and I think uh, it doesn't get complex in that place. It just has to be his raw, raw power or we're stuck. And mm -hmm. I think that, um, what I've recognized is I can come to the, my end of the rope or I can just live a life of surrender. And um, in 1 Samuel 15, it talks about obedience being greater than sacrifice. You see, the reason why the Lord pre prefers obedience over sacrifice, I believe, is because sacrifice is a measure of self-will. I am still engaging with what I'm laying down. I'm still engaging with choice. And for me, with the fear of man, I lived between two voices sacrificing the opinions of people to say yes to the Lord or sacrificing the full yes of God to try and keep people happy. And when you live like that, you consciously aware of what you're laying down all the time. And it really makes you tired. Obedience is the place where I've laid down self-will and I'm saying, not my will, but yours be done. And that is my response every time. And that is the obedient life. And I think sometimes we have to go through this journey of discovering what is hindering me, what belief systems. Oh, if I really surrendered, would I be irresponsible? If I really surrendered, what would I lose? If I really surrendered, do I trust God? Do I actually trust that he, he's able to keep me from falling? Do I actually trust him with my kids? And um, I don't know always how to do that all. But what I do know how to do is say, God, I don't know how to do that. You do. And I give this to you. Will you teach me? Will you manage this instead of me trying to manage this? And I think a lot of times we're trying to manage so many things where we actually just need to cut it off and come to him and say, this is, this is me. This is what I have. If you want hands, these are yours. If you want a mouth, who am I to deny you a place? And if you want feet, I have two, I, I have five loaves and two fish. And I think that's the other thing I'll say is I often preached about how it doesn't take a lot. What my one plus God's one is like a billion, and I definitely only came with one. But that little boy that brought five loaves and two fish, he did bring everything. It yeah. it wasn't part of his lunch. And I think that is the real key is that he brought everything and he he didn't shy away because it wasn't a lot, but he also didn't save an extra fish and an extra loaf just in case. And um that's what I'd say is it's it's by surrender. Yeah. And you know what's magnificent? is if you don't know how to surrender, you can say, Holy Spirit, I don't know. Will you help me? And he's the help. He will help you. If you say, Holy Spirit, I have no faith. 
He has a gift of faith. Holy Spirit, I'm tired. Well, he is the one that restores our soul. And I think we don't, we sometimes wait to get to the place when we actually just need to invite him into the place and let him start the work. And I'm sorry, I'm going quite long. The last thing I just want to say in this. It's very important. It's really (laughs) good. The last thing I want to say is a lot of people, after they've had a powerful experience with the Lord, um, the enemy can come back to try and talk to us. And how I see it is almost like when the enemy's been in my life, like the fear of man, it was almost like um, someone that was living on my couch that didn't pay rent, didn't belong there, and they were just living off. They're eating my food, using my toilet paper, never replenishing anything, not letting me watch my TV, just thief and a liar. That's who the enemy is, a thief and a liar. And when I had that encounter, it was like the Lord kicked him off my couch, out of my door and sent him sailing. And he went. But sometimes a little while later, he'll come back and knock on the door. Now he's not in the house. He's not living rent free. He's just coming to see. And and that's what a familiar spirit is. It's something we know and we found comfort in before. And he knocks on the door and he says, hey, you remember me? And you do remember him. And I think a lot of people get tripped up where they start thinking like, why is it back? And I'm like, it's not back. It's just there trying to see if there's an open door. And you have every right to say, you're a thief and a liar. And I experienced the power of God. I experienced his love. And I'm not listening to you today. You may not come in. You may not have that place you had because you robbed from me. And yes, there were moments you brought me comfort, but that comfort stole so much hope, so much peace. So I need you to leave in Jesus name. And I think that's where I really encourage people to not um, to not get the belief system of like, it's back and say, no, it doesn't have to be back. It doesn't need to be back. Jesus has given me authority over this and I will exercise my authority in this moment. And that, has, that is, feels really important for the body in this season to not feel overtaken once again, but to pick up their authorities. And really in second Corinthians, it's, it talks about bringing every vain argument to the feet of Jesus. And I just say, don't bring your vain argument. Don't bring the vain arguments to your experience. Don't bring the vain arguments to to good good. I don't know tools. Bring vain arguments to the feet of Jesus. Bring it to the Word of God. Let Jesus speak over those arguments of the enemy, and don't try wrestle with them yourself. Invite the Lord there, and He will deal with them. Yeah, it's just it's the absolute truth, isn't it? And there it's. There is such a grace. I've been experiencing this as well, and I've been noticing it in others. And as people have been sharing with me, there's such a grace to simplify right now, isn't there? Right back into living by faith and not by sight, moment by moment, letting living by faith be your the center of your relationship with Jesus. And you know, for me, he's been teaching me all over again, simplifying. Like you said, it's these are the simple truths of the Christian life. They're not always easy to do. There is a cost because it, it does require surrender. Trust is surrender, isn't it? But to but but the the it is worth it because on the other side of it is freedom. And we taste the reality of kingdom life, you know, and it's just the it's the wisest way to live, isn't it? And there is a grace from Holy Spirit right now to do this, to become absolutely authentic and i think for me jesus has been just showing me how much i'm feeling in his heart how much he wants to be known by us he wants us to understand his ways and to to walk in in conversation with him to learn his ways to live in his ways and to just bring everything right back to that profound truth that when the disciples said what is the will of the father and jesus said 
to simply believe in the one that he sent. That's it. Walking by faith, not by sight. And you enter into the realm of kingdom reality. And it's just profound. And your life and what's happened to you is such a message of hope. I mean, I loved reading your book. You know that. I mean, I wrote a gushing email back to you because it's real. This is real. And this is what happens to us when we yield and allow Holy Spirit to take hold of us. And something that you else that you shared when you were speaking on our IMC was just that the Lord is longing, looking for and longing to find places where he can rest and he can yes. be at home in and be safe in and feel loved in. And and I just, I was very moved by that and how you were sharing about how in the last days of Jesus's life before the crucifixion, he chose to be in Bethany. He chose to be with the people that he loved, his friends. And that's what he's looking for, right? So will you just share a little bit more about that? Because I just thought that was beautiful and and it's what's happening now, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I think the simplifying is really vital. A lot of people, I think, think that they can only do something big for God when they figure out what their calling is, or they can only do something valuable when they, you know, rightly aligned or I don't know how the right connections. There's so much pressure right now with social media and all that exists. And not all of that's bad, but there is a an extra pressure. We you know, people hashtag YOLO, you only live once. And I'm like, the problem is Christians don't just live once. We never die. This body will die, but we will get a new body. And there's an incredible eternal purpose to every step we take on this, this planet. If we take it with the Lord, it will, it will echo in eternity. And I think that as we simplify to the Jesus life, we begin to realize that, you know, Jesus found resting places in simple places. And that's what he found in Bethany, you know, this this town on the outskirts of Jerusalem, really a, Simon the leper's house, a man that he healed. They would put all the, the guys with leprosy on the outside of town because they were unclean and they couldn't be in the holy city. And yet the holiest one, the pure and spotless lamb, didn't dwell in a city that was big and powerful in you know, in all the religious circles, but he dwelled with a woman who loved him called Mary, who broke a jar at his feet, knowing the times and the seasons with Lazarus, his friend, he raised from the dead with Martha, who he wept with when, when she scolded him because Lazarus hadn't, you know, he hadn't got there in time. Like we're talking about real relationships there, but Jesus found friends and you know, the, the the Lord has always been looking for people to walk with in the cool of the day. Uh, and what we do with the Lord and for the Lord is supposed to come from an overflow of him residing in our home, reclining at the table, eating a meal and connecting. And I think we should not diminish the day-to-day connection with the Lord. And sometimes we think that spirituality only happens on a Sunday when God wants a, a Sunday to feel us, to live connected to him every day. And, and um, yeah, Bethany was very precious. It's also, be, it's going to be a mark in the Christian uh, world. It's a lot of people don't realize it, but Bethany was the place Jesus stayed for the the last week of his life. He takes a trip into Jerusalem every day. It's where he curses the fig tree. It's where he makes a triumphant entry from. Bethany is also the place that he, he overlooked the garden of Gethsemane overlooked. So when he was weeping and 
blood was coming from his brow. He was looking at Bethany, remembering his friends and why he was doing what he was doing. Bethany was also the place that he ascended. And in Revelation, it says that it will be the place that he comes back, the same region. And um, I think ultimately that just speaks of a God that is looking maybe not for the most extraordinary, but the ones that affections are turned to him. And um, I just want to say this, you know, intimacy isn't about striving. It's about being. And it's about everything I do, I do with love in mind. You know, and I think sometimes people think intimacy is, you know, rocking back and forth for six hours. You're not contending for intimacy. You are allowing yourself to be with the Lord. And I think of it kind of like even when I'm not with my husband now, my actions reflect that I love him, the way that I think, the way that I behave, you know, and if I have a thought that doesn't reflect love, that should bring conviction and pain to my heart that I repent and I think the Lord is bringing us back to this. It's simple communion. It's am I washing dishes with disgruntledness in my heart or am I doing it because it's a joy to love my family? And it's the same thing for the Lord. Am I serving him for his love or am I serving him because of our great love for each other? And um, I think that's going to be really important. I think it always is really important. Yeah, simplifying back to that, to what you said before, to the Jesus walk, just loving him and then loving others from the overflow of our union with Jesus and getting to know him truly as his friend. And yeah, like you said, and and obviously the onus of responsibility for the success of our relationship with Jesus is on him ultimately, right? (laughs) He's just saying, will you please just open your heart to me? And just sit, you know, and let me come and rest with you a while and and I will do the rest. You know, I will lead you forward. It's just, it's beautiful what you're sharing. And yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you to pray. Obviously, I mentioned yes. that earlier, but would you pray? I would, whatever is in your heart, but I would also love to come in agreement for all of you out there who have been struggling with fear of man. Anything that interrupts your relationship with Jesus right now and to be able to walk in what we're talking about is the simplicity and everything coming back to love, loving Jesus without people pleasing, not man pleasing, but just enjoying Jesus and being liberated to do that. So yeah, can I ask you to pray, Haley? Yeah. Can I just say one thing just before I pray? I just had this drop in my spirit. When I was given the prophetic word by Marco Culliano, so I was lying on the floor and I said, God, this word is impossible unless you do it. I cannot do this. And And then the Lord responded to me, will you give me your shield of the fear of man? And I feel as we pray, the Lord might ask some of you to give him something. He might ask you to delete your social media accounts for a couple of weeks because those voices are too loud. He may ask you to give him this fear in your life or a lack of trust. But I want to tell you, when I gave that one thing, that one thing to the Lord, he gave me more than just freedom. The freedom from the fear of man was wonderful, but it pales in comparison to the beauty of his spirit and to the beauty of knowing Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit gave me. And so, God, I pray. I really do. I pray, Lord, that you would give us grace to yield. And, Lord, I pray right now you would even reveal to those listening, Lord, as they say, Lord, I need you to do this in my life. I'm asking you, God, would you do a miracle? And he says, yes, yes. 
He always says, yes, my grace is sufficient for you. And God, I pray that as we yield, Lord, that you would meet us, you would deliver us, but not just that, that you would fill us with the beauty of your presence, with your glory, with your great power. And God, we say that we realize that it's not by our left hand or our right hand. It's not by might nor by power. It's not by our history, our trajectory, our calling. It is by your spirit, Lord. It's not by what has been said or spoken, Lord. As much as we love our prophetic words, God, we recognize that you are the source of everything spoken. And we we find our joy in clinging to you and knowing that you will finish every work that you have started that you will return, God, not void, but with fullness, everything that you have said. And so we say we trust you. Give us the grace to surrender. And Holy Spirit, I pray for a mighty fire to fall upon your bride, to fall upon your church, that you would meet us with the fullness of yourself and you would do what only you can do. Come and do what only you can do. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, 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 wow. Amen, amen. Wow. Presence of Holy Spirit is so powerful right now. So powerful. We agree for you. You know, and as you surrender, he gives you himself. Right? That's what you're saying, Haley. He gives you himself. You just inherit more and more of him until you are fully filled, fully filled. That is the journey, isn't it? Like it says in Ephesians, ultimately, as we go, we trust in him. We can't, as it says in Ephesians, we constantly use our faith. The resting place of his love becomes the source and strength of our life until we are ultimately completely fully filled with him from glory to glory to glory. As we just lean in, sink in, surrender, choose to trust him with all the impossibilities of our life, we inherit him. Him. Amen. 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 Haley, thank you. Thank you. Such a beautiful, powerful conversation. I'm so thankful for the testimony of what Holy Spirit has done in your life. It's just beautiful and it is hope. Thank you for having me. It's such a joy. And guys, thank you for giving us your precious time. And we, I know you're going to have an amazing week. The Lord is listening to the cries of your heart and he is answering your prayers. And I look forward to being with you again next week. God bless. Two years ago, Jesus spoke to me and he said, if I would create a space for him, he would come. And what he has done in the last two years is absolutely incredible. He birthed what is now known as the International Mentoring Community. Every week, myself, along with other international guest speakers, come on live and they pour in God's love and revelation. There is an activation anointing on my life. And so every single week, as we come together at the feet of Jesus, I have an environment in which I can impart this anointing onto you. He never, ever misses a week with us. He wants to take you into deeper experiences with him than you thought was even possible. So I want to personally invite you now to come and join us and sit at his feet with us.